Welcome to the Survive, Scale, Soar podcast. Hear and learn through the success of others how to build the life and business you deserve. Learn to overcome failure, what it means to seek out growth, and how to become the best possible version of yourself. And now, here's your host, coach, entrepreneur, husband and father, and author of the number one best-selling book, Survive, Scale, Soar, Jeremy Williams. And welcome back to the Survive, Scale, Soar podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy, and today is another success talk. And I have a great guest, Ben Fairfield. I've known this guy for some time, and he's done some really amazing things um, in his industry. Currently, he serves as the vice president of region development at Remax. Um, I've known him through expansion work with Keller Williams Realty. He's a John Maxwell coach. He certified coaches all across the world through as a part of Success Magazine's success coaching company. He trains, he teaches, he consults with all organizations of all sizes across the country. He built the largest Century 21 franchise in the world. He's a pilot and air traffic controller by trade, a father, a husband. I mean, we could spend a whole podcast introducing this guy. Ben, welcome to the show. <laughs> Hey, Jeremy, thanks so much. Awesome to be with you. I love, uh, love what the show's doing, and it was honored to be able to come on and have a conversation with you. So tell me a little bit before we jump into some questions. Uh, Vice President of Region Development at Remax, what are you doing in that role? Huh. Well, you know, I think the, the easiest way to explain it, it's like any, any other role, right? It sounds, it sounds easy when you hear the title, and then it's like, well, we actually do a lot of things like everyone else, right? So if I had to make it concise, uh, I would say it's really helping our our broker owners um, be the best they can be to help their agents be the best they can be. So we do that through a lot of different mechanisms and means, uh, but ultimately that's the the biggest focus is is how do I get to pour into our broker owners across the network um, as much as I possibly can to help them be the best version of themselves they can be so that they can in turn pass that to the agents. And obviously the market we're heading into, that's pretty important right now. Uh, as always, but specifically right now. So it's a fun time to be in this role. Awesome. So I do want to talk about the market at some point. And, um, you know, if anybody's going to be qualified for that job, it's you, Ben. I've, I've witnessed it and seen you pour into lives and, and change, change not only businesses, but lives. Um, ben, I, I want to ask you, and this is a question I get often, and it's how, how do I become successful as a business owner? <laughs> that's a big that's a big question it's it's a lot of it's <laughs> yeah but it's, it's it's one that does come up a lot right you're you're absolutely right and and i know you you've coached a ton of people and continue to um i've coached a few people over the years and uh we hear it a lot right and i i think the the place most people miss right off the bat uh, is they're looking at someone else's success and wanting that not thinking about all the pain the blood the sweat and the tears and the consistency and the boredom that it took to get to that level of success, right? It's easy to want what we see on stage. It's not so easy to want the process it took to get there. So I think the, as cliche and corny as it may be, I think the biggest thing that comes down to, if anybody wants to have success in anything, you got to know why you want it. And I'm not saying, I'm all about the why, don't get me wrong, but, but I know that's kind of overused, but, but what the heck are you doing it for? Because you're going to get past the honeymoon phase when you lose the energy in which you were, you were feeling when you set the goal. And how do you keep going? And that's the number one thing that you and I have seen for years in people who are incredibly successful. They just keep going. They're persistent. They're consistent. They don't stop. 
They fall down, they get back up. They try again. If something doesn't work, that's okay. They regroup, they try a different approach, but they keep pushing forward. Um, you know, it's been said a long time ago, you can't beat someone who won't quit. I think that's the biggest, the first step, um, because the, the good news for me, at least, I was going to say for you, but you're actually more talented than I am. The good news is uh, that persistence beats talent every time. So the most successful people in the world are typically not the most talented. They're not typically the smartest. I'm not saying they're not smart, but there are a lot of other people who are less successful, who have more natural ability, but they give up too soon. They don't continue doing the fundamentals or the things that get them to where they want to go. And the persistence, and it's, it's been really good for me because I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I just don't stop. I'm like a dog on a bone. And as a result, you can pretty much figure out how to get anywhere you want to go if you're willing to give it enough time. Yeah, time, time is a big part of that. I, I had a conversation recently with somebody about that. And it's like that, that flash in the frying pan, you know, it's just, you know, people want that they, they want it. It's like going through a fast food drive through at McDonald's and, you know, you order your hamburger 30 seconds later, they're chunking it into the car, you know, we want those type of results. And the reality is, is it, it takes time. And, and you're right. I, I think people see, especially in our world, you go to conferences and you see these people doing these huge numbers uh, on the stages and, and they're talking and, and sometimes they're talking these huge generalizations and it's hard for that person in the, the audience to understand. That took a lot of work. There was a lot of sacrifice. There might've been broken relationships and marriages and you know, always are. Use, <laughs> yeah, and we always see the tip of the iceberg where yeah. you know, that's above the water, and that's all we get to see. And you know, sometimes that'll, that'll misconstrue what our we define success as for ourselves. And and I think the other thing you pointed to, and I want to ask you about this is you can have the business, you can have the numbers, and be successful yet not happy. How does happiness play a role in in this? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I was I was with Tony Robbins, this was, boy, a long time ago, small group. It was not one-on-one, -on -one, but it was, a, it was a pretty small group, fairly intimate. And he said something that struck me to the core. And this was about the time that Robin Williams took his own life. And he said that success without happiness is the ultimate failure. And I've never, ever forgotten that because he used Robin as, as an example. Robin Williams' goals were to make people laugh, to be on TV, to be an actor in movies, to win an Oscar. Like, he had these goals. He accomplished every single one. And the, his story ended with him taking his own life. So he wasn't happy. He was trying to fill this void that he had with accomplishment and it never was enough. And, and tragically, it ended the way it did. And, and I just, I'll never forget him saying that because more is an empty promise. And that's where a lot of people are fueled by. In the absence of knowing what the heck they're working towards, the answer is always just more. And the problem with more is once you get there, it's empty, it's meaningless. There's nothing there. And so- um, you know, I, I, I always, for myself and for those that I work with, I'm always looking at what's the significance factor. Like it's happiness comes, I think happiness comes when uh, significance is reached. Like significance is key. What's significant about what you're doing? Because then you're going to find fulfillment and fulfillment brings happiness. Like all these things are interconnected. But, um, you know, I think that, like you're saying, it's easy to look at what people have and want to chase after that. We don't like the process of getting there or we don't know why it's important enough for us personally to go through the pain and the boredom and all the other things to get there. So I, I think the, the happiness component, the fulfillment, like understanding what's really behind this for you is absolutely key or else you're gonna give up. And, and I think that's another thing that people stumble on, they look at success. 
And you've seen this with people and agents you've coached too. They see these big numbers that they want to throw out and it has nothing. I'm not saying they can't accomplish it, but they want to go from zero to hundred miles an hour in 10 days to your point of the drive-through. They want to get there really, really fast. And what they don't understand is that nothing that comes that fast typically lasts. Like it just doesn't, right? So if you try to shortcut your way to get somewhere, it's not going to be sustainable likely. So really helping people when they look at some big goal, it's great to have big goals, but break it down to the point where all you're worrying about, worrying about is what do I need to do today? Then what am I going to do tomorrow? And then what do I need to do the next day? And just day at a time, week at a time, month at a time, chunk it down until you get to this, this big goal. Don't let it overwhelm you, but it's got to be for the right reason that you've got to have a purpose behind what you're doing. So you talked that you mentioned in their process and there, there is that process to get from, from start to finish or beyond finish. Why do you think people hesitate taking on the process? What, what drives people away from not wanting to participate in a process that's going to serve them better and serve their families better? You know, what, what drives them away from that? I think there, there's probably multiple answers to that. I think the ones that come to my mind first, um, one of the first things that comes to my mind would be this, that, that the process requires consistent activity. And as human beings, we're not wired typically well when it comes to doing things consistently over time. Right? Think about New Year's resolutions. Most of them are in the bag and in the can by mid-February at the latest, some of them day, sooner. Day two. Yeah, <laughs> right? So, so we love the idea, but we never connected with what the idea means to us and why it's important to us. And so we quit. So I think part of it, the process, it's, it just gets boring. You know, we, we both worked at Keller Williams and I learned a ton from Gary. I'll, I'll forever be grateful for my time there and what I learned there. And one thing he said from stage a long time ago is that success is incredibly boring because it's simply the repetition of the fundamentals. That's why most people don't achieve it. Money's in looking. the mundane, right? Yes, absolutely. Because they're looking for the next shiny object, the next cool thing, the sizzle. And then they get the steak and they're like, oh, but the sizzle sounded good. Like they, they don't love the process. And when we all can find a way to be in love with the process and to, to get right with the process and so we can stay consistent with the process, then the sky's the limit. Until then, we'll keep chasing our tails. So I think the, the first thing that comes to mind is they, they don't like the the boredom that comes with it, the, the consistency um, that's required. I think an, another thing that, that prohibits a lot of people from going down that path is uh, process requires that we um, maybe shake things up, maybe look at things a little bit differently, and that's not comfortable. And so I actually was on another podcast yesterday, we were talking about this for agents that, you know, you, as, you know as well as I do, there's a lot of agents right now that are starting to realize how little they had to do with their success the last 24 months. Like they bought their own press. They were drunk on their own success. They thought they were God's gift to real estate. And now they're like, huh? Okay. So I, interest yeah, rates. Are... Their, I sold their house in three hours and I had 50 offers <laughs> and, I, and I worked so hard. Yeah. And it's because all the things I did is we beat our chest. Right. And then we're now we're looking around going, okay, interest rates are 7%. Inflation's going up. Units are down 20 plus percent nationwide. Now I'm, I'm realizing how little I had to do with that. So so the last eight, 24 months to all the agents listening, last 24 months were a gift. And I hope you got a huge gift. I genuinely do. That's great. But for business planning for 2023 and for, for any kind of forward thinking, um, what I'm telling everybody I'm working with is remove the last 24 months, go back 36 months and before. And what were you doing then? What was working then? Because what was working then in a, what we know as a more normal market 
is what is likely to be better and work now to give you some more predictable results. But again, that requires change. That requires that I have to own the fact that I, I didn't create a lot of the success I've appreciated the last 18 to 24 months. I got to check my ego there. I got to be okay with that and then go back to really evaluating what was I doing before? What was getting me the results that, that I could predict and count on before? And let's start doing those things again. That's, that's great advice. And, you know, unfortunately, there are some that started their career in the middle of this, and it was, it was just incredible. And, you know, I, I go back and think about all the, the agents that actually experienced that crash, you know, back for us, it was 2008 to 2010, yep. it really probably started 2006, um, impacting our country, and how few of those agents are still around. And you look at all the people that came in after that never had that experience, you know, for me and the perspective I'm able to give, and I know you've probably been able to give is, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, you just got to go back to the the fundamentals. It's not ch chasing the shiny object or, you know, there's millions of calls I get every day, you know, try this and try that and try this. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's For like, 1995. Right, yeah. right. right. <laughs> A reoccurring payment. Um, you know, it's one of those things that's just go back to the basics and trust in that and trust, you know, I, and I believe you got to have, you got to trust in yourself and have that faith that, if I go back to those things and I stay consistent and I also like to throw in the word intentional, you got to be intentional with that consistency is that some really good things could happen. Those that don't, they're going to, they're going to struggle. So, so saying that, what is your, what is your outlook on the market right now? If you had a crystal ball, um, I wish we all did. Like, what do you, <laughs> what do you think is happening in the market? Where do you see it going? Well, yeah, so we talked about this yesterday as well, and I'm sure you talk about it a lot too. So, um, you know, ultimately, I think a trap that a lot of agents fall into or brokers is trying to say this time is like that time. Now, uh, everything I'm about to say, I'm not making a political statement. I really don't care what any listeners' political viewpoints are. It's none of my business, and they don't care about mine. But let's just talk facts. The facts are we have inflation higher than it's been in 40 years. The facts are interest rates hit 7% yesterday, highest they've been in 15 years. Like the facts are we have so many different variables this time that we've never had before at the same time. So, so it's dangerous for any of us to say this time is going to be just like that time. And if anybody tells you they know exactly how it's going to be, you need to run the other direction as fast as you can because nobody knows. Uh, but here's what I do know. I know the last time when we got into trouble, most homeowners were underwater, meaning equity. They didn't have equity. Right now, we have some of the highest percentage of homeowner equity by across the population and individually than we ever have had in the history of measuring. So that's a positive thing. That's going well for us, right? We yeah. also have somewhat of a, an undersupplied market. So still at this point, I mean, today's the 30, we're recording on the 30th uh, of September. At this point, demand is still higher than supply. So that's a good thing for our market going forward. I think that's why we're seeing pricing hold, even though units are down approximately 20% across NAR. Going forward though, uh, what we, we also have heard, if, and I know you watch this, I watch it every single day. I've got three TVs that always have uh, the economic stuff going on because I just want to hear what's happening. I want to get a head start on what, where this is going. The Fed has come out and blatantly said, we'll continue to hit rates until we get inflation under control. And if we're watching inflation, the CPI, it's not going down, it's going up. So what that tells us, they've already done three rate hikes. They've not put a dent in it yet. So if I'm a betting man, 
my bet is rates are going up. Now, I could be completely wrong. You may send this to me next year and go, neener, neener, you missed it. I'd welcome that. I hope I'm wrong. But for the last six months, I've been saying I wouldn't be surprised if rates get to 8% by the end of this year. Now, who knows if that's the case or not? Maybe they'll only get to 7.5. I don't know. But if I'm a betting man based on everything we're seeing, rates are likely going up. Money's getting more expensive. And then cost of living is already more expensive. So, so for me, here's what I'm seeing going forward. If I'm an experienced agent, I'm going to be concerned and I'm going to turn that concern into action. I'm going to reevaluate my business. I'm going to strategize for this year. I'm going to adapt to the market that I'm in and going into. I'm going to be okay. I just have to change what I'm doing. And I probably, to your point, have to go back to some of the fundamentals. I have to get back to actually doing the things that help me build this career in real estate. If I'm a newer agent, I'm going to go find an agent who's been through 2008. I'm going to go find an agent who's been through all these other times. And I'm going to sit at their feet and say, tell me everything you know. I'll co-list with you. I'll give you a referral. I don't care what I have to do, but I want to learn from your experience. So I don't have to have the same pain <laughs> or as much of it uh, going into this uncertain market. So, I mean, they, clearly we have a ton of agents, right? And I know you see this, Jeremy, like, I wish we could we could raise the bar, the entry bar for real, realtors. Now, I know that's never going to happen because NAR makes their money on a membership basis, but I'm sure you saw this stat. As of June 30th this year, there was 1.6 million realtor members. 1.6 million realtor members. Here's the interesting thing. Through the first six months, the same time period, only 8% of that realtor population had sold more than four homes. There's 1.6 million realtors and only 8% had sold more than four homes year to date. Like to me, that tells me that there are way too many people with the title of realtor on their business card. To me, to me though, it, it speaks of opportunity. And, th and this is why I think there's opportunity is, you know, when I was in the leadership role and we were evaluating our market, it was amazing the number of transaction units or be like two or 3,000 transaction units in the market area that were agents that did one or two transactions. And if I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, this is going to be my career, this is what I want to do, this is where I want to have my legacy and impact, is I'm going to go find out what I need to do so those individuals don't take from the bigger bigger share of the pie. Yep. Um, I mean, there's thousands of units, lots of opportunity. And that's exactly where I was going next, right? That's the good news part of this. So when I'm talking to these agents, I see huge opportunity for this reason. First off, um, there are a lot of people playing real estate agent. And what you and I both know, we've been through multiple of these shifts. And this is my 17th year as a broker. We've been through multiple of these. As the market tightens up, the hobbyists get out. So we know that's likely in our future. We're going to see a decline in membership. And I don't know if that's today, tomorrow, a year from now. I don't know when. But statistically, typically, the number of agents goes down. So for me, if I'm an agent in the market, I'm doubling down on my prospecting activity. I'm doubling down on my marketing to my, my database, my, my group of people. Because what I understand is even in the worst market of all time, the worst recorded market of all time, this big recession of 2008 that we talked about, people still bought and sold homes. In the worst market of all time, there were still people making great money and agents able to help a lot of families. So it's not about if I'm going to get a unit. It's about what do I need to do to get my share of the units that are going to be there and just block out the rest of it because it's noise.
Well, there was a little company that was like seventh in the country that went to number one during that time, right? <laughs> right. But there again, it's it's focus on who you are, who your avatar is, who you help, what makes you unique and what you're good at, and spend 80% or more of your time, energy, and effort there and ignore the rest of it. Like there are going to be all kinds of like, I'm telling people right now too, you got to go back and focus on what you can control. You and I and the rest of the people listening, we can't control rates. We can't control inflation. We can't control pricing. We can't control how many homes are sold. What we can control is how many of the homes sold have our name by them. So focus on what you can control and block out the rest of the noise. And when you do that and put your head down, you'll come out stronger from this time than you were going into it. And I think, I think it gives you a piece too. Um, you know, it's, I was talking with somebody this last week that was, that was looking at coaching with me and, and, you know, part of the struggle was just the, the vast amount of information that's out there and, you know, all the different mediums that's coming through the television, social media, email, phone calls, text. And I, that was what I told her. I said, you just got to, you got to, you got to shut all that stuff down and just come, you know, from out here to right here. And um, she said, I've never had anybody explain it to me that way. And she goes, I feel so much better. I feel at peace at this rather than fearful of it. Absolutely. There, there is, there's no reason to, to get fearful. What we know is that, that when people say I'm stressed out, just, just a version of fear. And there's a lot of agents who are being stressed out. I personally believe the number one thing that agents are terrified of right now is not knowing how to to have the same success next year that they've experienced this year and the last year. They don't know how to do it. That doesn't mean they can't do it, but they don't know how. And there's so many agents out there that, that don't have anyone guiding them through that process. So and that's why I love this podcast and what you're doing with your company, because there's a lot of talented people out there that just need a little bit of direction. They just need a little bit of, of a partner walking through it with them. They have the talent and the ability. They just need somebody to point which direction they should be looking to maybe kind of point out what's that opportunity over there on that hill. Then they'll chart their own course and they'll get there. But, but don't shrink back. In times like this, this is the time to lean in. This is the time to double down, in my opinion. I love markets like this because I've built companies in markets like this bigger and more than we did in a good market. As an agent, I built market share stronger and deeper than I did in a good market in markets like this. Like huge opportunity, but again, it's all dependent upon how we see it. It depends on what lens we're looking through when we look at it. Some are going to look at it and be fearful, and some are going to look at it and see opportunity and run towards it. Yeah, the perception that we create is the reality that we live in. Absolutely. I mean, you've, okay, one little quick story. You've seen Hunt for Red October, I assume, because you, like you seem like a guy that has good taste in movies. So one of my all-time favorite movies, and if you remember that scene, and those, if you haven't seen it, I'm just going to go quick, but you'll be able to get the point. Sean Connery is the Russian captain. He's defecting to the U.S. and he's on board with Jack Ryan, the character, and they're in the submarine and the other Russian sub now is aware of what's happening and they're trying to sink the, the sub that, that he's defected with because it's the high-class, high-technology sub that he's trying to give to the, the U.S. Of course, Russia doesn't want that to happen and so they're firing on their own submarine. And Sean Connery's there and he makes a bold move. A, a missile or, a, excuse me, a torpedo is shot at them. And he makes a really bold move. And what is he? Do you remember that scene? He does something completely counterintuitive. He tells Jack Ryan, steer into it. Or torpedoes coming at him. And most instinctively for most of us, we would say, try to get away from it. Get out of its path. Go backwards. Go sideways. Do something. Sean Connery says, no, no, no. Turn into it. Because it confuses the radar. And sure enough, it glances off the front. 
they don't blow up and I won't ruin the rest of the movie, but you should watch it if you haven't. Point being though, we need to look at, at the market we're going into just like that torpedo. There are going to be a lot of our competition. I don't even, I, I feel bad even calling them competition. There's going to be a lot of other people who have a license who are instinctively going to put their head in the sand, try to go left or right, or try to run away. The people who are going to win are the ones who turn into the adversity, lean into it, and go straight for it. You're not going to, you're not going to lose. You can't lose because you're going in the right direction. You're moving to where the market is going. The other people are the ones that get left behind. I, I love that. Just just face it, right? Stop running. Just face it and deal deal with it. It's not going to go away. We can't control it. So we might as well just suck it up, Buttercup. I've got three signs over there that staff people have gotten for me because I guess I say it a lot. But suck it up, Buttercup. Like, lean into it. This is what it is. Make the best of it. Find the opportunity and move forward. One foot in front of the other. Yeah, I always say you can be a complainer or you can be a problem solver. One gets Absolutely. paid more. You get to be a winner or a whiner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. All right. So somebody has an interest in Remax. Um, tell tell the audience how they can connect with you. Yeah, I think the the best way, and we do a ton of stuff, and it's not just Remax, right? So if people want to be, we have training all the time going on. I've got YouTube and really active on social media. If you go to benfairfield.com, you can see a link to the link tree where you can see all the spots to connect with me. Would love to connect with people regardless of industry, company, brand. Uh, we're all humans first, realtor second, brand third. So don't care what brand or company people are with. Just love being able to connect with people who are like-minded. And so I'm really happy to have been on here today. Well, Ben, thank you for coming on. And I, I appreciate it. I, I know there were some valuable nuggets I took myself. And um, I'll, I'll be going back, relisting and writing down some of those, those saying winners are wieners. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. Uh, great, great stuff. And I appreciate your time. And, and I know that those listening will, will find great value in it. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Till next time, Onward and Upward. Thank you for listening to the Survive, Scale, Soar podcast. If you heard something that made a difference in your life today, share it with someone that might benefit and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode learn more about the host of this podcast and coaching services offered by Red Hawk Coaching by visiting www.redhawkcoaching.com.